0: Welcome to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altruis. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Sue Shin was named President and General Manager of Hawaiian Telecom in February 2020. The first female president in the company's more than 135-year history, she's responsible for the overall leadership and management of Hawaiian Telecom's operations and corporate staff. Ms. Shin joined Hawaiian Telecom in August 2013 as Director of Corporate Communications, managing the company's employee and public relations strategies and activities with a focus on improving employee engagement. Before coming to Hawaiian Telecom, Ms. Shin served as Senior Vice President at Bennett Group, providing executive leadership at Hawaii's fourth largest public relations agency. In this role, she was responsible for developing and managing a team of professionals focused on providing strategic communications counsel to many of the state's most prominent companies. Ms. Shin has extensive utility experience, having served as Chief Communications Officer at the Honolulu Board of Water Supply. She began her career as a broadcast journalist for KHNL-TV, Hawaii's NBC affiliate. She graduated from McKinley High School before receiving her bachelor's degree from the University of Laverne in California. Committed to giving back to the community, she currently serves on Aloha United Way's Board of Directors, the McKinley High School Foundation, and the Advisory Council for the University of Hawaii at Manoa Outreach College. She also serves as a member of the Chamber of Commerce, Hawaii's Military Affairs Council, the Hawaii Business Roundtable and Hawaii Green Growth Sustainability Business Forum. Sue Shin, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Thank you for being with us today. Um, I'm so interested initially just in your journey mm-hmm. from McKinley High School, <laughs> through all of the strategic communications, and then into where you are today, did you always have a, a plan? Did you, were you one of those very committed high schoolers who was like, I know what I'm going to do?
1: <laughs> so when folks ask me this question, I always laugh, because I, I guess if you were to have asked me in high school where I thought I would be, uh, I'm going to date myself here. But I was going to be the next Connie Chung, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? So when I grew up, you know, she was one of the first Asian American Mm -hmm. um, female lead anchors of a major network. And, um, you know, that was the way I was going to change the world, right? Um, Through journalism. Uh, And so, yes, this my career has taken a non-traditional and sort of winding path. And I can see the transition
0: from journalism into PR because we mm-hmm. we do see that happen. We see some excellent journalists go mm-hmm. into PR and communications. Was it through that that you decided that the corporate world and and more specifically getting into this world of um the business that you're in now of telecommunications mm-hmm.
1: was that was that kind of a natural progression? Yeah, so you're right. I think uh, you know, journalists often go into the communications public relations field it happens pretty frequently um so that transition was maybe a little bit uh less odd if you will um you know i have to tell you the way that i ended up sort of in the corporate side of things was as i was working at bennett group and working with clients and um you know and with all different agencies right um and industries um what i realized was as a consultant i was only scratching the surface right um because i had dozens of clients and i had to make each one of them feel like they were my only client right um and what i realized was if i went in house so in other words if i joined a company, then what I could do was I could really learn about that company, that industry, the employees, right? Their customers, their stakeholders, really understand how they tick, right? You know, the why behind what they do um, in a way that um, I thought as a consultant, it was more challenging, right? Because No matter what, no matter how... Strong my relationships were, I was still sort of the consultant, right? I was still the person on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of how I transitioned into being in house. Um, and, you know, my career just sort of blossomed from there. And um, I really attribute it to having incredible mentors um, and working with really great teams um, that really helped me to. Just learn about just different aspects of business, right? About now, you know the industry. So, yeah, I feel incredibly fortunate.
0: It's a it's a great story, and I think people always love to hear like the journey, the Mm -hmm. pathway of some. And you know, let's face it, we still have to say it, but especially of women who rise to you know great Mm -hmm. positions, we still have to note that it's still quite a
1: difficult journey at some times yeah that's a great point, because I think the uh, PR industry is pretty dominated by women. um, and so that was you know, it was very natural for me to be among other PR professionals as a woman. Um I will say that in the telecommunications industry, it's probably less that way. Um I think we have made a concerted effort to focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. um and so, you know it, it's We've made tremendous progress, um, but I think there's a lot of room um, for growth in that space.
0: So that leads us to an interesting question, because we've talked a lot here about uh, on this podcast about equity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. But we want to talk a little bit today about digital equity. Mm-hmm. What is digital equity? Explain that in more depth to everyone listening because it's really quite a fascinating thing,
1: yeah, So I'm going to try to simplify it because I think this is only a thirty minute podcast. Um what digital equity really? is all about and and let me I'll talk about it about um I'll frame it as the digital divide because you'll hear that term used quite often. Um what the digital divide refers to is really the gap between those who have access to broadband internet and the devices that connect to the broadband internet, right? So computers, tablets, smartphones these days. And those who don't. And that's the gap. Right? And we know that you know, today, having access to broadband or rather the lack of access to broadband really leads to um, negative economic and social outcomes, right? So I think
0: this is such a fascinating topic because I think it's something that, that when you have it, when you have that access to it, you mm-hmm. don't ever think about not having the access to it. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't have it, it must be all you think about because everyday mm-hmm. things like filling out forms or mm-hmm. printing something or getting in touch with your children's school or, mm-hmm. you know, following up on things, your doctor's appointments is so much now is digital. It must be something that just
1: consumes you because you cannot do all of these things. Sure. And right. You think know. about your day to day life. Uh you know, you maybe at the start of the internet, it was really around just businesses and commerce, right? And now it's really, to your point, your day-to-day life, right? Um, banking, you know, during the pandemic, literally everything was being done over the internet, including getting basic supplies. Supplies, right? absolutely. So it, it's such
0: a, it, it's a huge divide, Mm-hmm. That I'm, I really think bears talking about a lot, because w- w- first of all, of course, we're, we're going to chat a lot about what Hawaiian telecom is is doing in this field. And I would imagine that in your field, being a leader in in this arena is really something of great pride to the people that you work with, because you are going to make a difference in people's lives. Absolutely.
1: yeah. and and, you know, I th- thank you for asking the question and asking it in that way. Um, we talk a lot about sort of our core purpose as, as perhaps a lot of companies do. And at Hawaiian telecom, we talk about how our core purpose, why we exist is to really connect and empower our Hawaii. Um, and I, I feel like our employees feel a sense of um, kuleana. They feel a sense of real responsibility around, around those words. Right. I mean, because to them, Their job, right? Our purpose um, as a company is really to enable those really critical connections for people. And again, we saw it um, so plainly during the pandemic. Um, And our employees, along with so many others in the state, um, are essential employees. And so we never stopped working, right? Our employees, even at the beginning of the pandemic, when you no, know, there was so much fear, right? Around how is this spread? It was back in the day when we were spraying down our groceries, mm-hmm. right before bringing it into the house, our employees were still going out to customers' homes, businesses, Uh, to ensure that they were still connected, right? That's how critical these services are that we provide.
0: That must have been a bit of a baptism by fire for you because you were (laughs) named the president and GM in February of 2020. Less than 30 days later, the the world changed. How how was that time for you?
1: It was chaotic, (laughs) if I'm being completely candid. um, You know, it's funny, we joke around about right in March, We sent our employees home, the ones that, you know, worked in in the office. We have uh, a big chunk of our employees that, uh, you know, they work in the field, right? But the the ones that do work in an office, we sent them home for what we thought was two weeks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we joke around about how it's the longest two weeks of our lives, right? Because here we are and, you know, some of our employees are still working from home. Um, But yeah, it was incredibly challenging time. But, you know, I go back to just that sense of responsibility that our employees feel, you know, while there was a lot of fear, you know, we never had any employees that really pushed back against what they really felt like was their responsibility, right? Um, And so that made it so much easier, right? The team just made it so much easier. Their dedication, their incredible grit, right? Right. Um, just their overall attitudes made the job so much easier. And um, I, I just feel this tremendous sense of gratitude for for that, but just, just really what they do every single day, right?
0: Because they really are bringing the communications right directly into people's homes. And that's Absolutely. massive. I mean, I think most of the people listening right now could only imagine a day in their lives, without going home to their kids, having you know sure. their computers on and their iPads and watching fascinating things and educational stuff, and you know, I sometimes can't believe the things that you know we have access to now, and it's 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 wonderful, it, it, all of it, and I can't imagine just having a day without it. Mm-hmm. How chaotic our lives would be! Sure, we, obviously at Hawaiian Telecom, you're in a position you know, to be highly leading this, this field. What what are you doing to ensure more digital equity in Hawaii? How, how does that look?
1: Yeah, you know, um, for us at Hawaiian Telecom, I think, you know, when we talked about the digital divide earlier, you know, it's really the reason why the digital divide exists, if I'm really oversimplifying it, it's really two things, right? It's accessibility and it's affordability. And at Hawaiian Telecom, we're sort of tackling both. But I'm going to talk about um, the accessibility part because, you know, the affordability piece can only be a problem that we can fix if If you have have access, right? right? So we have invested a billion dollars, that's billion with a B, (laughs) Over the past twelve years, in our fiber to the premise, which is fiber all the way into your home or business, fiber to the premise network, in um, you know the the systems and the tools to support that, and to really just expand access—that's the simplest way to put it. And just last year, we spent a hundred million dollars uh, to deliver. Fiber to the premise. So what we see in the state of Hawaii that um, is probably pretty intuitive is that the areas where we have folks that are unserved or underserved are in rural areas, right? No different than probably any other part of the country. But in Hawaii, that tends to be the neighbor islands, right? But this year, half of our investment Is on our neighbor islands. And so we're really focusing on the unserved and underserved areas to make sure that we're getting that infrastructure, that fiber infrastructure out to those areas that need it the most. And, you know, this is a business audience, right? The reason why we have some of these accessibility challenges is because. It's incredibly capital intensive, right? To build these networks. And in the state of Hawaii, we're challenged even more because of our geography. We're an island state. There's ocean between these land masses, right? We have mountainous terrain, volcanic rock, you know, dense forests in some cases, right? And you have to build infrastructure. And it's not just telecommunications infrastructure, it's really any kind of infrastructure that we're trying to put out there, right? Um, and H3, so, for example, <laughs> <laughs> that, that took forever. As an example. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, we are just leaning in to, again, I talked about our kuleana, and we feel like we have an opportunity here. And I think the opportunity is tremendous now because there's this combination of private investment, that Hawaiian Telecom is making. But also there's all of this, you know, federal broadband money that's being made available. And we have in the past used programs like Connect America Fund to really leverage and make that business case work, right? Again, this is a business audience. You know, the reason why neighbor islands and rural areas typically are unserved or underserved is because it costs the same amount of money, right? To deploy fiber to serve three customers as it does 300 customers, right? Um, but it's where programs like Connect America Fund, RDOF, and now IIJA, um, BEAD, all of these federal funds that are becoming available. Because what I think government recognizes is it has to be a partnership. And I think you know, we have a really incredible opportunity right now, maybe a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And because Hawaii is so small, I think we have an opportunity to, between Hawaiian telecoms, private investment, and some of this government funding that's made available, to really reach 100% of the state.
0: That's and is that your right? vision? I mean, it's a, it's a lofty one, but It's I'm a lofty sure- one,
1: but if we can get there, absolutely. Right? If... Every single child, right, from Hilo to Honolulu, can have access to, you know, educational content online. What kind of difference is that going to make in their lives? But not only their lives, their families' lives, right? Um, Telehealth opportunities, especially on the neighbor islands, right? It's tremendous, right? It's not just about, you know, commerce and, right? It's, It's... Every aspect of our daily lives, banking, you know, everything that we do. And
0: it kind of puts in perspective
1: how fast the journey has been
0: mm-hmm. and how impactful the journey has been on our personal lives when you think that maybe what, 15 years ago, mm. the emphasis was, was on telephone lines, huh? right? Maybe maybe my timing isn't quite right, but it wasn't much more than that. And and now the emphasis has switched so much, but, but from just a telephone, we're now at, at the stage where we need broadband mm-hmm. for everything, you sure. know, ordering medicine online, finding out more about, you know, individual conditions, researching anything and everything. Mm-hmm. It really has been such a fast journey.
1: It's quite incredible. It's, it is quite fun. incredible. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I'm glad you brought it up that way because the the other reason why we're really investing in fiber is because what it does is it future-proofs our network. So let me explain that a little bit. So we have a copper network today, right? That's when you talk about telephones, that's what we invested in mm-hmm. many, many generations ago. Which was revolutionary at Which the was time. was revolutionary at the time, right? And that's what we use to deliver, right, voice services. Well, that copper network can't deliver the kind of bandwidth and the kinds of speeds that our customers want and need today, right? It just can't, which is why we're literally building. And this is the thing that's maybe a little, um, uh, it's kind of crazy to think about it in this way, but we're literally building a network over a network because the copper network has limitations, right? But the fiber network, because it uses basically it data travels at the speed of light, literally over fiber optic cables versus, you know, using electromagnetic, right? On, on, mm-hmm. on metallic mm-hmm. cables. And so the amount of bandwidth is exponential. And really all you'll have to do in the future, once a fiber optic network is put in, is you just have to upgrade the equipment on either end. And you'll get incremental bandwidth above what you're getting today. And to your point about how technologies is changing so quickly, the technology that that equipment runs off of is changing so quickly today that 10 years from now, 20 years from Mm -hmm. now, there's going to be better electronics that go on the ends of that. And so without laying a finger on that fiber network, we'll be able to deliver that much more bandwidth, right? And every day it feels like the demand for bandwidth, right? Everything from smart speakers in your home To smart refrigerators, which no one can still explain to me why why you you need need a smart refrigerator, (laughs) but but they're there, right? Smart TVs, so much bandwidth, security cameras, and and it's only going to grow, and it's
0: only going to get and and ten years from now, someone will listen to this podcast and go, "Oh my gosh, they didn't (laughs) even know what was coming and what to expect," which is why. You know, I I always say that even though it seems as though we're living in very challenging, troubled times, mm. we are living in the most exciting time there has Absolutely. ever existed. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that sometimes it's good to just reflect. And, you know, Sue, I really want to thank you for this conversation because we are limited, of course, by our time this morning. But I think... What you've done is you've given us an insight today into an arena that not a lot of people have in-depth knowledge about. But I think what you've done is in me anyway, you've sparked off so many more questions. I'm going to be thinking about this for the rest of the day, <laughs> thinking, why did I do why do I not think about it more? And I think I'm very um representative of many, many people whom I'm sure you meet every day. We take for granted the incredible power that we have in our hands without thinking about why it gets how it gets there until it doesn't get there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your life falls apart. So thank you for giving us such, you know, a, a tiny insight, but really we just need so much longer. Maybe you have to come back and do part two.
1: <laughs> Perhaps.
0: Thank you so much. Sushin is the president and general manager of Hawaiian Telecom. She joined us today for that. Fascinating conversation, just way too short for me. Thank you so much for joining us. All of our episodes are available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Chamber's website, cochawaii.org. If you enjoyed today's interview, please subscribe on your podcast app and leave a review because reviews encourage other people to listen, and that encourages help in the business community. The more people hear your stories, the more they know about who you are. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, presented by Altruis. Join us next time for more stories of Hawaii's business.